You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Keith. From the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and Bing.com, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's shameless after show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424 424- Two five six seventeen twenty nine, and now another post game wrap up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Shameless After Show. There we go. Thank you, Ronnie. Welcome everybody. Bing is for doing, and we're here doing the season finale of Shameless, season two, episode twelve. Fiona interrupted. Not sure I understand the title quite a hundred percent, but we'll talk about that. Is it like Girl Interrupted? Yes. Yeah, but I didn't get it. Normally, a lot of the things make well, sense. Well, we'll talk then, about yeah. it. Uh, before we talk about anything, though, allow me to introduce all of us. <laughs> I am Phil Svitek. Next to me, returning once again, is Tom Detrinas. And across from Tom is Dorinda Barker. And next to Dorinda, Spicy Maria in the building. <laughs> And in the booth, we have Ronnie Jr. What's up? <laughs> I didn't know if you were going to go to her or, or me. I so. know. What we're I'm saving tr- the best we for could, last. We could yeah. go either. <laughs> she excites all of us, clearly. And over on the guest couch, we have our very special guest, Laura Wiggins, a.k.a. Karen. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> we talk about you every single episode. We do. You are yes, a hot we have topic, a lot to girl. talk about. Yes. <laughs> Especially this season. <laughs> Terrible things, I hope, about Karen. Yeah. It's a, lo- a love hate relationship with your character. Yes. <laughs> I mean, every we've had we've had a few other people from uh, from the cast come, and they've always said um, Laura is so not her character. And from just meeting you for the brief short uh, time we've we've already spent together, you are so not like Karen. And thank God. <laughs> <laughs> thank God. Sure. Who knows where we would be? I know. If Karen oh, if I really was Karen in Hollywood. <laughs> It would be oh. the end of the town. <laughs> <laughs> it would be over. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. So we're gonna we're gonna talk with Laura uh, in depth after our uh, commercial break. But um, mm-hmm. in the meantime, Laura will get to talk about all things Shameless and this episode in particular as we dissect it. Mm-hmm. So why don't we go ahead and start with Frank and Monica? All I can say is love, love, love. I know you love. Hate- yes, love. I'm sorry. I know you hate Frank and you just have a vendetta against him. But he is so vulnerable when it comes to Monica. He will do anything, and he puts his heart on the table. Mm. And he, in this episode, really went above and beyond once again in order to get his wife Once back. again? Yes. At, least, at least don't say once again. I mean, I would ex- the most. He does, he's so extra. Frank is just so crazy. No, but well, you, we I will say him. you are right in that regard that at least he's doing something nice. Because, again, we had a big argument last time of the fact that... Um, he didn't do anything. He just right. walked out as soon mm-hmm. as Monica right. went to the ground. And so at least he's redeeming himself in that regard. Yeah, I think that I think it was too much for him to handle. But I think that he's trying to... I think he, the no, ladies... You the, it on the, you, the listeners wouldn't be able to see, but the two over there just went, oh, we're mm, not even over here. Yes, I mean, I think that I think that I just, you know, their their relationship is kind of is sweet at times as annoying as Frank can be and as how much we really were so happy with that final moment when he was hit in the head with a frying pan I think everyone in the world was like yes <laughs> well shameless fans anyway um, but I think that I think that um, the, him trying to get her out was a sweet thing even though I she probably would have been best if she yeah. stayed in I, I love the aspect of him you know pursuing Monica I was talking to Tom immediately I was like I love this aspect about season number two it does show the mm. great side of him I mean mm. but but in a bad way, Phil, I do get what you say. He walks out when she's, you know, in pain. Yeah, that's not good. But I no. love to see the way he, Frank, handles it. Well, let's it. also not but forget he left Karen K 
Karen's mom, <laughs> Sheila. Well, when you look at addicts and codependency, that's a classic symptom of wanting yes. to bail somebody out just just to make them happy, even if it's not the right thing. So they both enable each other. And I, mm. one of oh, the yeah. things every table read we talk about is that Frank is a smart guy. He didn't grow up, you know, and and he was probably about he probably is about as smart as Lip is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, I could see yeah, that. Yeah, I can see that too. But I mean, now he's an alcoholic, and because he can spit yeah. history, like I mean, a lot of it is our lies. But he, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he sounds so. educated. He can do a great sales pitch. Exactly. <laughs> I think he's a great conspiracy theorist. Yes. If you ask me. <laughs> Once upon a time, he may have been lived. Not anymore. Yes, now he's now. way down. Alcohol has soaked definitely. his brain. Yeah, and probably. everything else he's done. Well, you know. He, he, uh, for lack of a better term, uses superpowers for evil. Right. He is a very intelligent guy, but it's to his own selfishness. Yes. You that, know what right. I mean? You hit it on right. the money. I totally right. love what you just said right now. Um, and, you know, uh, I will agree with Spicy on this one. The only time he's not selfish is with Monica, um, especially this episode. And, well, in yes. a sense, could we not see it as, once again, him doing something wrong? Because... He was kind of, again, being selfish because he's doing something for himself, for his own gratification, as opposed to what's really the healthiest for her. And yeah. so he's he's taking someone who is mentally ill out of a place that can bring her or make her healthy again. And he's using his child in order to <laughs> coerce her to come out. Yes, I did not like that at all. And it's sad that Debbie had to be the brunt of that. that. She I, witnesses she's every the, She is just so impressionable she is very very impressionable and it really upset me that she was included i was like oh but it makes a lot of sense that it was her that was included of and course. Yeah. because she's the one who's so tied to her mother and yes. wants her mother so much so when her so when she leaves again it's just apropos that it would be her that she's leaving and it just keeps because that was the last time she when she left the family. I went into a K hole for a minute because I was so sad remembering <laughs> oh, that yeah. image of and her driving like, away. I feel like that got put in there to show kind of what a young Fiona would have felt like yes. growing up with right. her when mm-hmm. Fiona used to be because uh, in the season two Fiona was constantly very emotional towards her mother. She wasn't. She tries to be on this level ground, but right. she always gets upset with her to the point of tears. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. So it's all these bad memories, and you can't help but think that's exactly what's going to happen to Debbie and her huge heart that wants to give to UNICEF. Because she just wants to love. She wants to be she, loved. Which is great. I, I just... So, as long as she see, doesn't get with that little whatever that is. We've getting pills in order to sneak into a hospital. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> you don't really have good example things set for you. Yeah, but. and the thing about Debbie, too, is that she wants to believe, and we've talked about this before, she wants to believe in the good in everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, there's, I don't, I think she wears her life in rose-colored glasses. So everything she wants to believe in the best in everybody, and she's not looking at what's really happening. Right, right. She's right. almost disillusioned. Right. In way. Well, but I mean, it, is it, you know, uh, the line that Monica says at the end, you know, you're better off without me. Do we we know that in our heart of hearts? That's probably true. I believe it. I think it's true. I think they're better off without her. She's a loose cannon. And until she can get herself better, it might be true. But mm-hmm. she was trying to get herself. She better. was. And but was she really trying to get herself better? Or was she just trying to stay with her lesbian lover? I, you know, that was kind of, that was kind of I was I was really interested to think about that because I was at first when you have that scene, but. I don't think she could have lied through that moment where she's like, I have to stay and get mm-hmm. better. That wasn't yeah. a lying moment. That was some that was some serious business happening right and there. And you already and you make the choice anyone, you know what I mean? Uh, once you're in that yeah. you know, you're going mm-hmm. if nothing else, you're still there for the sixty days. Right. So I agree with Tom. I think that she would have after if she stayed in those sixty days, she would have been, she would have come out and been and made amends and been all right for a little while, but as most Gallagher's do, they just and then like fall. But and it would have been nice to Frank see that. Was fearful, I think, of her getting healthy as well. Yes, because he doesn't have a desire to. Right, and so she would leave him behind. And she would take everyone and get him out. Right, is what would happen. And I think he foresaw that. Yeah, of course he did. He knew that was going to happen. I think. There you go. Well, uh, let's move on to another bad relationship: Lloyd and Ian, <laughs> aka Jimmy's dad. <laughs> Great oh moment. my god. Was that not a By shocker? Way, if everyone could have been in the room <laughs> we when guessed. we saw that, everybody was like, <gasps> Oh my god. <laughs> so great. I did What not happened see at the that. table read when that happened? Were you guys all shocked? I don't know. I think Cameron was just sort of 
thinking, all right, so this is what happened when he turns 18 on Showtime. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But, um, Happy birthday. <laughs> I mean, it was sort of, uh, I guess it's sort of a growing moment for him to, to kind of wrap, it, wrap his head around. Um, right. Because, I mean, the guy who plays Lloyd is a great actor. Right. Um, oh, yeah, right. You know, mm-hmm. it's a great, great opportunity. And it really shows how judgmental Ian can be at sometimes towards others. Because he's so having such a hard time accepting that he that he's gay right. and that he has these urges that nobody else has, and yet he wants to be in the military, which right now is is hard. You can't. It, people are like, "Oh, you shouldn't be gay and be in the military." I don't want a gay man, you know, with me in the shower. I guess that's sort of the yeah what I hear from people in the military. So he's dealing with like his own personal issues in addition to social issues. And right. then he finds that his lover is the father of Jimmy Steve or Steve Jimmy. Well, let's call him <laughs> Jimmy. What are we Jimmy? Out of respect I'm for Fiona, so I'm going to call him Jimmy. Jimmy. He's yeah. Jimmy I, mean, just, I, I don't know what name to call him. <laughs> let's I call him either. Jimmy. I know him yeah, Steve, Jimmy. but I'm we're going to go by Jimmy. Jimmy, now. okay. We're going to call him Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> So, if you must mess up, mess up. But uh, let's try to call him Jimmy. Out of respect for Fiona. <laughs> yes, out of respect for Fiona. That's the most important thing. <laughs> so they're at the dinner table, and we see, like you said, we had this huge gasp. We mm-hmm. see that this was his lover, who is who. They let us know previous episode. He's very successful. He's having obviously an affair with Ian, mm-hmm. and then it's Jimmy's father, and Ian doesn't know whether he should tell Fiona or not. That's a pretty tough situation. I, I don't know what I would do. I, I think it. He, I think he should have told them. Yeah, well, Fiona. I, I think. think he's trying to tell her, and every moment he's trying to tell her, something happens. Like Jimmy will walk in the room, or Frank walks in, and every he's trying to tell her, and then it's just not the right moment at any time that he's trying to tell her. Well, is he trying to tell her for the sake of Fiona, or trying to get advice? That's you know, what on I'm the like. situation. I think, I think it's advice. I also mm-hmm. think it's a matter of. <laughs> Kind of cluing, because clearly from that dinner, Steve doesn't like his dad and his mom or any of his family. So I feel like, you know, it's kind of just to let Fiona know. And she, he knows that Fiona will tell, probably tell Steve, Jimmy. And then, you know, that'll pull them, them I think, even closer together. I think, it oh, you think it'll pull Fiona and Steve together? Steve closer together, yeah. Because what? Dysfunction, love is dysfunction? Love is dysfunction, or just, you know, because he'll be. Put, he'll, he will push himself farther away from, from his, his family. family. And his family... Not manipulative. And awful, not awful. in a manipulative way, I don't think. But and just he's not a, related. He's a half-sibling, too. Right, right. You have to remember. I mean, he's so distant, I feel like. His yeah. brother was so rude, though. The Horrible. most disrespectful person ever. Bringing up the other past relationships and how Jimmy Steve used to treat the other girls right in front of Fiona. And I'm happy that she stood up for herself. I'm happy that she well, stood up for Jimmy. But, but her even talking back to his parents and to right. the family, that, that's standing up in, for herself as well, letting them know, you're not just going to walk all over me because you think you're better than me. Yeah. Then you're definitely and not going to walk over really my She looks really trashy in that scene. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I, I <laughs> Didn't she look so, trashy? so much better? She has looked so much better. You than that. Think. Whenever yeah. she, but what I love about her character there is that whenever she tries to look nice, she doesn't look nice. And when she doesn't try to look nice, she looks nice. It's just very interesting, very telling of, I think, I don't know, my observation. I think observation. Fiona can get away with a trash bag. No, she can't get away with a trash <laughs> that bag. That girl is hot. FYI, I'm not saying that that girl was like, oh, kick her out of bed. No. I, was, I think that it's just very interesting that when she dolls herself up, she doesn't actually look as good as when you she's like just naturally Fiona. Fiona. She's laying in bed with Steve. That's your favorite. Oh, God, That's those scenes. I can't. Flowing. I can't. It's just like I, I have to look away. Like if my parents are in the room, like when we used to watch movies with their parents as a child you and the kissing scene would happen. And I was like, oh, I can't look up here and here. I'm obsessed What's not with to love about them? I love them. I mean, we love all the characters, but that was a relationship that we're the just relationship like, we that really we always wanted like to work, want. you know? And week after, well, I wasn't here all the time, but when I was here, I was like, son of a... And I get very indignant about the two of them. I, I get giddy. I just get so giddy about mm. it. So, I mean... I mean, plus if you look at the writing, it's all, you know, uh, going into this season, I knew the season finale was going to be more sad than happy. Mm-hmm. Just That's what because it has been. By, by design, you kind yeah. of, you know, uh, as you're writing it, you have to kind of go there. And then season three is going to be 
lighter. Mm-hmm. Um, but last season we left. The season finale was he left, and now they're you know it's the season finale of this one. Full they're circle. Together. They're together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so in in yeah, like where uh, she said. Are you gonna? She asked, "Are you gonna leave?" And he's like, "No, I'm not." She goes, "Well, everyone leaves." Oh, and that was it, so beautiful. Yeah, well, and it's dealing the, with the look on her too. face too. Mm. It was so vulnerable and innocent. Mm. And then he turns and goes, "I'm not going anywhere." Yeah. And it was. I love that scene. That to me was one of my favorite scenes of tonight. To be honest with you. Yeah, I agree. She's dealing with her mother, who she doesn't even know has left again, and but she already knows that it's going to happen anytime soon. And then in addition. Lip not being around there for her, so yeah. she's you know she has this constant fear and weight on her shoulders. Everybody, everybody does disappear from her life. Yeah, and yeah. he was there today. In this whole episode, he was there through everything. Like even mm. when they got home from the hospital, and they were cleaning up the aftermath of everything that had happened on Thanksgiving, and he was there cleaning it, cleaning up with her, and he was there consoling her. And it was just so nice to see. And I really think he does love her because mm-hmm. even when he was with Stefania. Um, he would always show up to everything. And mm-hmm. she's like, leave. And he's like, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. And he just kept showing himself. So I think that, I think, that, I think they're going to make it. What's interesting is that last season we saw Jimmy Steve living this double life. Mm. And now we see his father living this double, double life. life. And it's very similar to the Gallaghers, where the kids are dysfunctional and it's just like the parents. It just trickles down. And yeah. so I like that they're making a, a parallel between the two. That is true. Um, why don't we move on to Sheila and Karen? <laughs> my yes. favorite. Oh my goodness! A couple of nuts. Yeah. <laughs> um, we open with Sheila and uh, Chody together, and uh, I said this shameless, shameless, shameless joke in oh, the no. screening room. No, don't, don't, no, don't, I have oh to share. Don't do it. Don't Phil do it. Is us. Why can't <laughs> I? All right. Can I say? I'm going to ask you, Laura. Can I say a shameless joke about what they were doing when, when they were picking names for the baby? Of course you can. Right. I mean, so you know, because Chody made the uh, the um, said the line, you know, we should name it something Chinese so it it's in touch with its roots or whatever. And I said, here's how Asians name their babies: they throw them down the stairs, and whatever sound it makes, that's the name. And that is my shameless joke. The views expressed here in Thank you. Thank you. That is strictly a quote from Phil. That, that is a joke us. that I got from the internet. All right? <laughs> the internet is a racy place. It very, okay. very much so. Um, but again, just, just their interactions um, together is very, very funny and, and shows how much they actually do care about the baby. And uh, initially, when, when the police goes by, I love how they're think, their first thought is, it's, it's after us. Yes. 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 You know? I, I love them together, though. I know. I, I kind of like their little relationship that's blossoming. It's very dysfunctional, once again, but it's kind of sweet. Yeah. It, I think they really like each other. I, I mean, know. It's really funny because they're both a little kooky and they both have the same kind of kookiness about yes. them. Yes. It's a little bit off. naivete. <laughs> Do you think? Oh, absolutely. I, they're... What they've got is that Trudy is just compassionate towards everything to the fact that he will never just forsake somebody in need. He can't do it. And Sheila's got that same gene in her right. for that thing. And um, and it's, it's, I guess, because Sheila's incredibly lonely being stuck in the house mm-hmm. or, and mm-hmm. being a mother and wanting all this stuff. And now she's got this guy that loves having a mom for <laughs> for a girlfriend. <laughs> Even though he's married to the daughter. <laughs> it's, it's, granted, I kicked him out. Or Karen kicked him out. And I love your character is yes. so cool with them being together. Like, yeah, you don't you care. You care more about the baby, her getting rid of the baby, than you do their relationship and the affair that he's having. Right. There I, is something deep, deep, dark, and disturbing about Karen where she can just let that go. Well, it's been... I think it's very interesting because everybody has felt that she has just let this baby go. When I was preparing the role, I really felt like it was more Karen is traumatized by her parents where Mm. she lives. And she honestly thinks giving the baby to a different family is better. But she can't say that she cares about the kid because she'll be stuck with it. And and everybody Mm -hmm. wants her to keep this baby. How can she take care of the baby? So she just does what she always does and 
cuts everybody out of her life and out of the decision. I think I think that's great. I mean, I think that's really because there's those moments that you did so wonderfully where you where you can see in your face where you're looking away from the baby because you know if you look at that baby, it's gonna all be over for you and it, you're gonna want to keep it. And so you were always looking away whenever the baby was around so that you wouldn't connect with the child mm-hmm. or and even, want to keep it. Or even the part with the dryer, because she goes to yes. go to the dryer and then mm-hmm. she stops and she goes, no, you go get the baby. Right. No, yeah, no, she doesn't want she, to touch she, it. No, like, yeah, because if you, if you did, it would be over. I've, and I went online and I read all these mother's stories who had to do this, and some of them, it was different. Drug addicts had a different didn't want the baby because, you know, maybe they were on drugs. They had a, a chemical detachment from it. But a lot of the mothers who had to just give away their babies would say, all regretted just acting the same way Karen did. Oh. Because when Lip says you're going to regret this, he's absolutely mm-hmm. right because she did not say how she felt about it. She was just a child and just said, I'm running away from everybody. This is my farewell. Um, nobody loves me. And she's so emotional. I mean, she's she's dramatic. She's a drama queen. Mm-hmm. Right. Now she goes with her daddy's money, and I don't know where she's going. So was it hard for you to do those baby scenes? Was it really hard to have to, you know, conf- get into that kind of mindset and be there with that little adorable little child in front of you and not be able to? It was especially thinking, oh, this is my kid. Right. Which, mm-hmm. you know, I'm... I'm 23. I'm not quite so, not 17, but that, like, they talk about a maternal instinct, and you think of, of wanting to protect. Uh, they say when a baby cries, you know, there's an automatic maternal instinct that mm-hmm. kicks in. Right. And that baby sometimes was screaming because it was uh, when we took it away from his, from his mother. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was incredibly hard. I actually had to start using a different substitution so I wouldn't just completely ruin Behind my day. Behind the scenes, did you, t- did you actually pick the baby up? Behind the scenes? No. You never there, touched it? She, okay, it was not a he, it was a she. And she uh, is a special, we really did find a Downs kid. And um, oh, her wow. mother, we really tried to go out of our way to make sure she was with her mother at all costs. Like when we had the dryer, we had a, a, a dummy, we had a couple of... Uh, Eight month olds or seven months old that we could ha- that we would use instead of her, mm-hmm. and we kind of switched it out because she could only work for maybe two hours. Right. If she was ever screaming in distress, we had to give her a break and let her take a nap. It took a long time to film that scene. <laughs> I think I counted. You called the baby it like seven or ten a, times. A million it. times. It can't Everything say or she. Yeah. yeah. No. It. it. Get it like get it out of here. She kept saying it it it. Yeah. As if it wasn't a human. Yeah. Well, in all fairness, didn't have a name. Yet. Yet. No, but <laughs> still, <laughs> I've had a name still, by now. <laughs> even if it didn't have a name, you'd be like, he or she, you know. I like Beautiful bed. Panda Pooh Bear. What's wrong with that name? Was so <laughs> what, she, what was the name? Beautiful Panda Pooh Bear and then uh, Wang or no. Uh, Chin. Chin. That was Ming. That was another one. Yeah. But Sheila's like uncle's name or grandfather's name. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, it's like a it's not Walter. Jaime. Jaime. Yes, yeah. Jaime. Please don't name that baby. Jaime. Let's just ruin her. Jaime. Ruin him. I mean. Oh, God bless him. Well, when Sheila said that, I mean, uh, I mean, you—that's you, when you really turned on Sheila because you know, obviously, you hate your father, and then I imagine you, you like the you just hate your family anyway, and so by it would be a really huge diss to you by calling it anything in your family. Yeah, I, that that moment is kind of a speechless moment for for Karen. I mean, she protected her mother for years and years and years and took care of her and really mothered her mother. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even though Karen, I mean, Sheila definitely mother is a great mother to Karen and takes care of her and loves her like better than any of the other parents we've seen probably on the show. But she, Karen's done so much for her mother, and then she just yeah. wants this baby gone. And the it's Sheila is more interested in being a mother than she is being Karen's mother. Oh. I guess, yeah. yeah, yeah, that makes okay, that makes I a can, lot of sense. Or that might that's how it feels. 
that's what I was thinking when I was leaving that scene anyway, is that that might be how she was feeling. I think, but I think you're right. I think she, because if you notice, she's always taking care of someone. Right. It's Chody. Right. It's Frank. It's you. Even it's this baby. Even when he was alive. It, it's just always her coddling. And now she's got an opportunity to raise this child again. But she has well, that, so much love to give, too. I think it's does. a love factor. She, yeah, she sees Karen she, as being loveless. And mm-hmm. she has so much love. She doesn't. She doesn't want to give the child up. This right. is her second yeah. chance to give love again. It's right. your grandbaby. I mean, yeah. And who doesn't? And on top of that, I I don't think that Karen hates her whole family because I do think that she really does love her mother. I mean, because there's been really wonderful moments in both seasons with her and her mom, and so I don't think it's. I think she's really tremendously hurt that her mother didn't choose her. Because she does love her mom. So I don't think it, it, that, I think her dad, of course, and whatever, but I do think she loves her mother immensely. I think yeah. so. Karen yeah. doesn't use her words. That's the main problem yeah. with Karen. She uses her body. She uses her right. yelling. Yeah. She uses her mood. She just doesn't use her words. Yeah. Different forms of communication. But what I found was interesting was that even though it wasn't Lip's baby, he is still staying by your side. Yeah. By Karen's side. <laughs> Finally, but, though, I have to say, but, at the end, he he's he, le- he lets you go a little bit. No, uh, don't say it's don't please don't say that. I really really want him to just confess his undying love for her and for them to be together. And in that case, I believe that Karen would finally feel true love and be healthy again, mentally. I wonder, if, and I and I don't know the answer to this. I wonder if Lip is just mimicking Frank. He's he. Karen leaves him. They have flings. They have just right. sexual flings. He leaves her and he opens a beer and starts drinking instead of talking about his issues. And right. I wonder if that was really showing how, as much as he's afraid of being frank, he is becoming frank. Yeah. Yeah. Which well, I hope he's not, obviously. But he told you before that he's not his father. He addressed that in one episode because you wouldn't give him a chance to. Have well, that's a the whole point. You. I mean, but at the end of the day, you can say what you want, and we we've kind of touched upon this throughout the season of you know uh, all these Gallagher's. You know, uh, we you know Frank is who Frank is, but now we're really seeing that you know what Frank might have been um, like these these kids and just ma- made the wrong choice, and we're seeing you know uh, like Lip, he could have gone down that road very easily. Ian could have too. Carl, God knows what's going to happen oh, with Carl. Carl. You know? No, dear Carl. <laughs> Let's all pray for is Carl. That, how, is that kid as, as crazy as his character? He's starting to get a little out of line there. Is he? Really? He's getting to a point where he... We've had to uh, break the triggers on our airsoft guns because obviously Warner Brothers doesn't want a 12-year-old with a... Who will bring his own airsoft pellets or whatever those are? What? <laughs> so we break, <laughs> we break the triggers on any guns he has so he can't bring any amateur. Like, any fake, oh all gosh. the guns are fake, but it'll bring fake ammunition. He was so crazy. That well, is yeah, hilarious. That so sense. he is a little like makes his sense. character. <laughs> I could tell. He was like one of those kids in elementary school. You were just like, mm. maybe he's just method acting. But yeah. he's darling. He yep. is darling. Yeah, but <laughs> kids like that either go one way or the other way. They either become like entrepreneurs and run the country <laughs> or they're in jail. I, <laughs> I think, unfortunately, the latter for him. I, yeah. I want to think. That, I but, think he's the, a future Joe Biden, okay? <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Optimism from the couch. <laughs> But uh, to bring it back to uh, Sheila and Karen, uh, I wanted to ask you about you and Joan. You know, how much do you guys talk ahead of time? How much do you got? How much do you guys rehearse, um, especially for scenes where you know you're confronting each other to this degree? We always run lines in hair and makeup, but other than that, we pro- pretty much get there, learn our blocking, and just kind of riff off of each other. I, I try to pick up on. On her, her little her subtleties because and um, you know and and she's more she really gets to lead the scenes in certain ways because Sheila is so in a different planet you know <laughs> <laughs> we all understand what you're talking yeah. about in a great other planet like I wish we were living there I wanna I wanna be there every day in that planet <laughs> and it's without drugs either so yeah. unlike Frank is it at was no is it up without drugs. Well, we, remember we, they yeah, they we saw the drawer. We saw the drawer. <laughs> she's got a so, drawer. Yeah. But Frank takes those pills many, many times. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Oh, Sheila. Really, she's nice. <laughs> 
she you, is, she, you've been enjoying working with her. It's been a, it's been an easy experience connecting with her. Do you get along? You know, like do you have just normal conversations outside of set so that it kind of like builds up the relationship a little bit, or is it kind of just like mm, okay, hi Joan, and you kind of move on? We are she. We are great friends, and she has been a good mentor, same as Bill is on the show and Emmy. I mean, uh, the reason why the cast is as professional and comes to work and is able to dig as deeply into these characters is because those are the people that we work with. Right. I remember one time I was working with Joan, and I just saw in her eyes how embarrassed and terrible agoraphobia was for her in her life. And I was actually able to understand maybe what it would be like to have a mother that felt that badly about her disease. And Joan is that kind of actress where she knows exactly where it's time to laugh and exactly mm-hmm. where it's time to be to be serious. Well, we saw that this episode when... You guys were going back and forth about the baby, and it, the camera goes to her, and there's a scene where they close up, and we see her face just get choked up, where she, her eyes are watery, but the tears don't quite fall, and she just holds it, and her lips are trembling, and I, I got teary-eyed in that moment. She brought yeah. me there she's with just, her. Yeah, She's just so sad and in she, that moment. And Joan Conflicted. She's just so awesome. It's but you have to give her something in order for her to get there as well. So mm. you are doing a great job because you're evoking those emotions for her. Right. Well, we do get to a point where we know what fa- – the great thing about a series is you do get to a point where you start to understand everybody's tics. Like, mm. I know how to piss Jeremy off pretty fast, you know? Like, <laughs> I don't know what it is, but there is a certain look I can give him, and he is just ready to kick something. And then he knows how to do the same thing to me and Joan, and we've just gotten to be that close of friends, I guess. That's awesome. Which is I great. It. We had Shinola on, the, on here – and she was talking about it, and she was saying how she doesn't get to work with her that much. But I, there was a scene where she does the monologue, and they, everybody was basically there. Oh. And you did it, it, they did it three times. And she said by the third time, she wasn't V anymore. She was Shinola. just felt like she was in class. Do you ever feel like that when you're working with her? I do, because Joan never complains about things on set. She did that monologue every single time camera on her or not and it didn't matter what it was she just she had her, her little glass she was clinking and she just kept doing it and doing it and i mean it was awesome because she was just having fun with it even though i don't know I, a lot of actors would have just said all right i'm gonna do like a sentence of it and <laughs> now i said the monologue she nailed it <laughs> Well, uh, let's talk about Jeremy, who plays Lip. Um, does Karen? I mean, they've obviously had this relationship, but deep down, does she? Do you think she loves him? Because we know he loves her. At least that's my belief. You guys can disagree or I agree. Think she oh. does. Please say she does. What's your I interpretation? Mean, I, I think she loves him on a basic level. She respects him. She wanted to to bring him along on this journey with her, but he would he never will. Just because to her. he was helping her, like was it was it selfish like that, or why why did she bring him along? That's her best friend. It's yeah. the only mm-hmm. person who really understands who she is. You know, Ian would be like talk about her, like saying she's a whore, and he'd say, "Yeah, well, so am I." So. Um, there is a moment when I think Karen really wanted to make it a relationship. It was in season one. She was <laughs> doing him on the couch. And she's and he said, you know, we're just going to be friends. So she just kept doing what she was doing and never made a commitment to him. And then after I think she slept with his dad, she realized yeah. she could never. That wouldn't be fair. She's not. I don't think Karen thinks she's good enough for him. I kind of I feel that, too. And if anything, Lips also, you know, looking back on this season, he's also gone through an emotional journey, you know, when he was, um, was it last episode when him and Mandy slept together? She goes, this is our third time together. And he's like, what does that mean? Right. Well, it means something. Um, And so, you know, had he had that mentality um, with Karen, you know, they'd obviously be in a different place, I think. And I think, too, that if he could save her, but I don't think he thinks that it's in his ability because we see moments. Well, I, I think he does. I mean, he's trying no. to. Yeah, he's I He's not going so. fully there. He, you see him go into the hospital room where her, where she's laying there. He, he brushes the hair out of her face, and he just looks at her with, like, eyes of love. But and, then she opens her eyes and says, let's go to Yeah, McDonald's. she makes it really hard or, to be saved. Wendy's, Wendy's, let's go to Wendy's she, before. before she doesn't want to be saved. Yeah, she doesn't, she doesn't have, no, she doesn't she doesn't have doesn't. that code of pay. I got 
I only know because I have a lot of family. I have some family members that have gone through all the 12 steps. Codependency is the one thing they teach people who are living with addicts. Mm. And they always want to save and fix. And Karen doesn't have addicts in her family. She just has a bunch of crazy people, you know. She had a born-again dad and... You know, I'm I'm Southern Baptist, but you know, it can get it can get judgmental. A little. Mm-hmm. It can get a little judgmental sometimes. Mm-hmm. And uh her her mom won't even leave the house, so she wants to leave. Yeah. She doesn't have that. Uh, she doesn't want to save Lip. She thinks Lip is capable of saving himself. Yep. And uh you I, know, uh, obviously Lip is trying to prove to you that he's not like Frank. Yeah. Deep down do you buy that or was that part of the reason why she isn't with him? Is because she does think he is Frank. This I have not. I don't think she really thinks about him being Frank. I think she's more worried about him if he stays in the South Side. Mm-hmm. He's not going to do. He's what everybody what pissed Lip up with Lip up to the core was that everybody wants him to go out and be like so successful beyond you know reconciliation and. And he doesn't want to do that because he doesn't want to leave them behind or whatever the reason why he doesn't want to do it. But you think that it's because, but you, so this is kind of, you're kind of doing this for him then. By you not being with him, you're trying to save him kind of in a way? I think she's trying to save herself from, I think it is, it's, it's selfish from the standpoint that I'm not going to be the reason I, that you don't get to do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Because Karen is a self-sufficient girl. She doesn't need people to help her out. She has a job at the tanning bed. She hustles her own money. She has her own babies that she tries to give up for adoption. She that just has she her does. she has her own drummer, you know. Yeah, I, I think that you're still that, that her character still is holding on to as well the rejection and shame of her father because that was a pretty that the first season it was pretty emotional how you were really, really affected by his rejection and his embarrassment of you. And I think that's where we start to see your entire character unravel and just catapult into yeah. the Karen that you are today. <laughs> I was I was almost shocked by how, how upset she was in the writing. I couldn't... I would have thought that she would have been like, yeah, I am a whore, so what? Ha, ha, ha. You know? It just became her entire identity it all did. of a sudden. Mm-hmm. I don't even think she was... As much as I was naked in the first season, I don't think she was sleeping with all these different people. I think she was toying with Lip. A lot of the direction Mm -hmm. was, we're just messing with Lip. You know, she's playing, like, a game with him. But I think once her dad called her a whore and she slept with Frank, she just must have gotten all this attention and just become what was written on her arm. Yeah, it's almost like Karen lost herself. She turned into a different person. yeah. Well, yeah, that's but that scene last season, it, it, I actually teared up when I watched it and the way he was towards you when you started saying all those things and then he just came out and went off on you. I was like that. I don't know where I would go after that. Just, I probably wouldn't, you know, go where she went with it. But mm-hmm. it's interesting because when I was in church a long time ago, I remember they wanted us to make this vow of purity and while i was you know i was a virgin at the time i remember just thinking okay sorry this i'm getting tweets over here oh (laughs) that's a good thing there okay um but anyways i I remember the church is basically uh, i was so mad at them because they wanted us to like bring a candle with a white something up there and i watched all these girls that were my friend's eyes just feel completely estranged because they weren't virgins and now all of a sudden this like nice community has kind of butted them out in a way when they're trying to find something safe for once it was mm-hmm. really interesting and i and for a long time i, I was out of the church so you were able to bring that into your character would, a little bit. Definitely. I could tef- I could definitely feel how angry you would be if you had trusted somebody. And then all of a sudden, that childhood, I trust you, parents and adults are good people. It went to adults can be really terrible and don't trust them. Yeah. Definitely. I, I, I noticed, too, your character also was a major, major part this season. I mean, I feel like a lot of the show revolved around you this season. Uh, it, because you're, the dynamic with you and Lip, they really developed that relationship. 
They did. And I kind of fell in love with you guys because it was a love-hate relationship. And you guys had to battle back and forth. But at the same time, there's this feeling of, I, I feel like you do you did love him. I felt like there what there is more to you guys. And Fiona and Steve are a favorite. But that's my other favorite relationship. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, I was hoping you. that he would get a job and take care of you and your, you know, the well, family. That was the intention, you know. We wanted. We, I, I mean, I want. I want people to like Lip and Karen. I don't think that they're completely toxic, but right now they're just. Yeah, and I also do think that Karen knows that Lip would always protect her and always be there for her. And that was the thing when she was pregnant. And I, then she was like, well, you can get money. And then she had that consideration of like, oh, maybe I'll keep this if he's going to make money. Mm-hmm. And then he'll protect me. And I, that's what I like about that relationship. Because you always know with him, he'll always protect you. Even in that scene where he walked into the hospital room and like brushed your hair. It was... I love that scene. Yeah, it's a great scene. It was. Um, any last thoughts just about the episode? Because, uh, you know, I want to also make sure that we talk about Laura and, and uh, other things that mm-hmm. she's gone beside, yes. doing besides the show. Um, just uh, real quick, th- why don't we do, like, overall thoughts on the season finale slash the season and keep it brief. Let's okay. start with Dorinda. <laughs> well, as far as, like, to compare, I'm going to compare the two for just a second. This season really went much deeper than last season, where I guess last season was more of an introduction. And this season, really, there were some moments where I, we were all together watching it and just, you know, I was tearing up or you were you know, getting emotional. And it I was, was right the, there with you. <laughs> and the writing and everything about this season was so great. And they, yeah. they made the characters, there was so much more depth to them and you felt more for him this season than you did last season, and you felt like you were taking the journey with him. Yeah, and that's what I—I I mean, that's what I have to say about this season. I just love this season. Mm-hmm. It made me fall in love with this show even more than I did last season. I didn't think that was possible. Spicy. Well, I, just to add to that as well, they incorporated a lot of new characters and developed them more because we got a little hint of Monica before. Yeah, but we really got to dive into her life and what she means to the kids this time. In addition to Grammy, that was a great, great part of the season as well. Yeah. And for us to finally understand Frank by able by being able to see his his mother and then also the dynamics of Karen and Jody and then Jody being with Sheila. (laughs) So I, I feel like a lot of characters were really developed this season. And I love that. And I really did love the season finale. It, it didn't have a, a big bang. It had more of an emotional bang. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it was very dramatic this season. Mm-hmm. As opposed to last season was kind of craziness going on. This was more shadiness going yeah. on. But it was so good. Tom? I, I, I'm i off of that as well. I think this was a, a, a season where I even noticed some of my own family kind of like you know, there was a lot of relatability here. I saw that mm-hmm. too. There was a lot. You, you, yeah, you saw a lot of my own family dysfunction there. <laughs> mm-hmm. We all have dysfunction. Right? I mean, it was just, I think there was a lot of, the first season was crazy. And don't get me wrong, a lot of what happened this season was crazy. But I think there was a lot of moments where you really felt it really got to your that family core yeah. of you mm-hmm. where you just sat there and you just honestly were like, ugh, or just were so happy. The roller coaster ride was very, very personal for each and every viewer. And I think that was the diff- the to sum and up this season. Laura, what's your take on this season? We had a blast filming it. We had a great time, you know, putting the gator uh, sweat on and <laughs> getting to play a, a summer season. I think we're going back to the winter next season. Um I, I think Grammy was probably one of the best things that we could have brought to the season. Yeah. Here's so, what I will totally. say about it. You guys started off in the summer because the summer is supposed to be fun and very light. And you guys went to pretty much, uh, you know, Thanksgiving slash the winter. And we see, you know, the, the, the snow finally falling. So, you know, uh, winter, uh, the symbolism there, you know, death and, and sadness. So that was the journey ah, of this season. Okay. And on that note, Ronnie, take us to a commercial. After Buzz TV. <laughs> you, a lazy, angry loner whose only joy was watching TV and surfing the net. And like you, after I'd see one of my favorite TV shows, I'd be so excited and have so many questions that I'd actually have to talk to my douchebag coworkers about it at the water cooler. Then I discovered AfterBuzzTV.com. AfterBuzz TV produces after-show webcasts and podcasts for TV series of all kinds. Like post-game wrap-up shows for all your favorite TV shows. 
AfterBuzz TV hosts are industry insiders who break down episodes of shows, take calls from fans, and interview cast and crew from each series with over 60 different after shows from Boardwalk Empire to American Idol to Vampire Diaries to Real Housewives and more. Now, after a night of TV, I can ignore my stupid co-workers, who I hate, and go straight to my desk and watch or listen to all my favorite AfterBuzz TV after shows and have all the TV fan interaction I need. Thank you, AfterBuzz TV. AfterBuzz TV. What do you want to buzz about? Welcome back, listeners and viewers. So, um, we're going to dive into everything Laura right now and uh, i think the first thing our fans and and we want to know is uh how did you get involved in shameless i was in uh i was in junior college and i was doing the struggling acting thing and i got this audition for a girl giving a blowjob under a table (laughs) to a gay guy and a straight guy and i thought at first absolutely not gonna do this this is ridiculous but I saw that Bill was attached. If you see William H. Macy mm-hmm. in Showtime and John Wells, you'll just say, I'm not doing it. Then I got the flu. So I show up to this audition with the freaking swine flu and a ridiculous script. And I just put my hands, my head in my hands as we read the scene when it was time to do the blowjob. Because I was not shameless. I did not understand shameless. I was very shameful. And John Levy <laughs> just thought that was awesome. So I think that the playing against my normal personality worked really well for Karen. Otherwise, you just hate her and she wouldn't. There'd be nothing to her. She'd just be a mean girl. Yeah, and and, mm. and w- what I like about you, and, and you said this earlier, is you really found the good in Karen and try to justify, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. is, we're all pretty judgmental of that, but that, <laughs> no, at the end of the day, but, you never yourself think no. you're an evil person, you know? No. And, so, so and I, I, think like you do, I think you do a really good job of that because although some really hard things happen that, you know, it's hard for us to swallow that Karen, you know, says or does... At the same time, there's an innocence about it all mm-hmm. where we have to be like, well, she just doesn't know better. Kind and sometimes of thing. we don't blame her because of the things that she was affected by. We're like, right. she's acting out. She's acting she's out. Acting this out. Was done to her. We've said that a million times. She's acting out. She's acting out because of the dad, because right. of the whatever. But there was a there was a stretch of a few episodes where you were actually on a good role, where you were like really taking care of your mom, and when she was making the fish in the bathtub. And all of that stuff. I mean, like, there were those moments where you were like, she's just, you know, she really cares for her mother. She has a heart. And then you went to Crazyville at the end of the season. It was a huge transition because we saw you getting with Jody and kind of uh, holding on to your sex, or what would be called? Abstinent, sorry. (laughs) You're being abstinent. We see that you met him in a sex addiction rehab place. And we thought that you were actually going to turn your life around. And then you just started acting out, like you said. Then you got preggers. <laughs> preggers. There you go. I think she goes back down on the downfall when it is confirmed her daddy's dead. Yeah. And I mm-hmm. think that it comes back to Eddie. And you would think she was so mean to Eddie. Yeah. In a despicable way where it's just, why would you be that hateful towards your dad? You know, you come up with so many reasons, which I don't understand. But... It seems to be tied to Eddie being dead and her trying to make herself happy by just being by herself again. I mean, she just started pushing. When all else mm-hmm. fails, blame it on daddy issues. That's I guess so, you know. I mean, her daddy issues ran to the point where she peed on his grave. Yeah. yeah. I mean, oh, that what was that? She's it. about to, like, cry and, and mm-hmm. weep for him and maybe have a moment of mourning and then... Can't you might it. have thought that, but we at least I know. Can't I was like, do it. Gonna, <laughs> can't do it. predict that. <laughs> can't do it. She just can't be. She exactly. can't do it. I don't know. Yeah. What's a what's a typical like uh, day on set for you guys? And you guys shoot in Chicago, and then you shoot here. Um, you know, so what, what's it like going back and forth? And what you know, you obviously interact more with like Jeremy, um, Joan, and and uh, Zach. It's it's so much fun. We have. Uh, we will get to set um, usually around 5. Me and Joan will be there about 5.30 or 6 in the morning to get our hair and makeup done because we're the girls, so we come in like 30 minutes before Jeremy and the guys come in. Um, and if Shinola is working, that's always the best because Shinola 
has this thing where she has to work out every time before every day. So if she has to be set at five thirty, she will be up at four thirty. She mentioned that. Yeah, she we, said that. When she gets body is rocking. When oh, it is. I wish, <laughs> I wish I had the discipline. But when she gets into the trailer, she does her. She starts singing "Good Morning" to everybody, and um, we go to set. We rehearse. We all have our mem- our lines memorized. So there's no cattiness on set. Like we ain't coming prepared and all that. Um, and then when we go to Chicago, it's it's almost as big of a party as it is in the show. You know, we all enjoy going to Chicago a lot. Do you guys all fly out together? Or how does that – that was the one part I never fully understood. Like, do you guys all, like, fly, you know, or, or is it different because you guys have different shooting schedules? We try to because um, John actually sometimes is – the producer of the show will be on the airplane with us sometimes and we'll – take up all of our first class it's like the only time i get to ride first class so absolutely <laughs> dig it i think i'm awesome and um emmy has all of her uh, magazines so we can look through all the magazines and we just sit in a, a giant circle pretty much waiting on the plane and um we can be a little bit louder usually when we get on the airplane we quiet down but <laughs> it's fun yeah um do you guys want to ask a question Certainly have more, but so, I don't want. Uh, so you grew up in in Georgia. Georgia. Yes, Georgia, lovely. And so when did you move out here? I moved out here when I was eighteen, about to be nineteen. And you've been kind of like pursuing, you know, just auditioning and everything ever since. Yes, exactly. What sparked the dream? When I was in third grade, I did. Uh, this is actually kind of funny because I, I played an evil stepsister in third grade, and I just thought it was so Perfect. fun, so fun, so fun to boss around Cinderella, and I just had a, a thing about it. When I was in eighth grade, I got to audition for Broadway, and I made it to the final three, and then I didn't get it, and I just thought, I don't mind auditioning. I wanted to just keep trying, so... I moved out to LA. Didn't go. I tried to go to college, but then Shameless came in, and here you are. Still mm-hmm. doing so, it. Okay, I gotta know. How the heck does your mom explain to her friends your role? <laughs> like, what does she say, or how does she explain what her daughter does for a living on the Shame Show list? Oh, she. I mean, she's not. She's very supportive. She's. Uh, she's really happy that I found something that I really love, but. When she explains it, she usually just says, "My daughter is nothing like that character. She's <laughs> just really, she's a really good actress." And uh, you know, and I told her when you know, I don't know. She's she's so sweet about it. She doesn't. She had a hard time with it first. The nudity was very hard for her. But I was going to ask: Is there anybody who you know, parents or friends or family who actually can't watch the show just because it is kind of uh, some difficult subject matter or? Just different to see you in certain positions. You've had some hard scenes to do. My has, family has, does not watch the show anymore. After, after, uh, you had Daddy sex with Frank. Frank. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. the hardest for Frank, us to digest. My dad was trying to watch it, and he just ended up not doing it. Now they watched a lot of the scenes and a lot of the episodes of Karen selling the baby, because obviously she's. <laughs> I had a big old pregnant suit on, so one in the. Uh, want any love shots there <laughs> and it was just sort of her acting like a brat and my dad loves to crack jokes about me acting like a brat selling the baby <laughs> do you have any siblings i have one older brother and uh he still lives in georgia how often does your family visit or get to visit rather do you how often do you get to see them well my mom has been in town for the past two months actually i got a this weird illness called botulism. It's like a foodborne illness. Yeah. So how did you? If I can, can I ask how how you got it? Because it's usually from like canned goods. We were talking about this beforehand. It, <laughs> yeah, we were talking. It was wild. There's a hundred. There is only like a hundred and fifty or something cases of this a year, and. I've played the lottery so many times, and I've never won. Mm. And I would have a better chance of winning than getting botulism. But oh well. Um, we got a thing of broccoli cheddar soup. Um, mm. And one of the instructions said keep refrigerated. One said refrigerate after opening. The soup, we took. I took a bite of it. I spit it out, and I couldn't talk for two months. It was really bizarre. That's crazy. My boyfriend took three bites, was on a ventilator. So, oh, wow. it was, 
Oh, gosh. So my mom obviously came out here and has been taking care of me. But you basically can get it from, like, potato soup, mushroom soup, if it sits out for too long. Um, and you'll know if if it's got it in it because it was really, really nasty. And, you know, we threw it away immediately. And uh, it's it's wow. okay because it's a... It's actually painless, so as long as you the, – the danger is the breathing. Right, mm-hmm. right. Wow, that is really intense. Hey, Laura, so yeah. what, do you, what do you do with this opportunity? You're on this hit show, you know, other artistic ventures, you know, music or whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> how, how does all that oh, work? Because well, we, we followed segue. you a little, you know. Well, I'm from Athens, Georgia, so we're a music town. And I have an EP coming out on April 24th called Clementine. <laughs> Um, <laughs> um, it's sort of dark, actually. When I was younger and writing these songs, I kind of had a dark face. And so one of them's called Getting Away with Murder, and it's like a 50s pop rock song. Then there's one called Hitman, which I wrote for a movie that never came out. Um, and then <laughs> Stepping Out and Cowboys. Uh, the song Cowboys is about finding a cowboy out in L.A. And, <laughs> and it's, uh, it's like a southern rock pop album. You just have to get it when it comes out. <laughs> Laura, do you have a favorite scene uh, from Karen? And, you know, you've had a lot to give from as far as Karen. I would say for me, I really did like, you know, when you were pregnant and you had the baby and the big old, you know, all the families there. For me, that was the big Karen scene. Just the way you approached it as an actress. Incredible. What is your Thank favorite you. Karen scene? Hmm. I think my favorite Karen scene. Oh, that is so hard. But I really, I think any of the, the Karen Sheila scenes are my favorite ones. Um, I don't really know which one of this is my favorite, but they're always so interesting and fun. Yeah, we love you guys together. But this isn't the first time that you played a pregnant teenager either, because you did an episode of Private Practice. And I'm a huge Private Practice fan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when I saw you on there, I was like, yes! Oh, gosh. Well, when I got that one, the last thing I thought was that I was going to be pregnant and shameless. Uh, and it was and the same <laughs> premise. Another teenager that thinks she wants a baby and then she realizes maybe not the best not the best thing for her or the baby, which kind of also helped me figure out how to play, go about caring. Because right. I had already kind of played a teenager that realized that keeping a baby she couldn't take care of was not a good idea. But that, I mean... I was really, really just so happy, even though we did deal with abortion, that they didn't make Karen get an abortion because she would just be irredeemable. At well, that's that why I think we yeah, thought that I she was going to do at first too. I think that I think you're right. She would have been a little irredeemable if it, if if they were like, "Nah, we're going to abort this baby," because then it's just like, "Oh gosh, she really just doesn't." She's just like giving it up. Well, the coldest scene this season was when Lip told you to abort it. I felt like that was the the, the hardest mm, thing right that there. Was hard because I because you really just had to take a a huge pill and swallow it right then and there because you wanted I think in that moment for him to admit to you that he really cares about you. So I actually have a question. What else do you have coming up? Like any other like movies? To, uh, or in terms stars. of the performance? I mean, oh, yeah, you got you got the EP anything. coming out. Are you doing performances? Um, I am doing a residency at Bar Lubitsch on, it is in West Hollywood, I believe it's on Melrose, but I have to look it up. It's like, Santa Monica. Oh, Santa, Monica. Santa Monica. Santa Monica, you guys know. <laughs> yes. um, and I'm doing the first, uh, the first Monday of every month. So I've never done a residency, but I'm ready to try it out. So it should be an interesting journey. Very That's going to cool. be very fun. And if you, the fans want to be able to find you, where should they go? What's your Twitter? What's your Facebook? Website? Anything you want to plug? I've got my Twitter account, and it's at Laura Slade 11, the number 11. Slade is my middle name, and I'm Southern, so I have a double name, Laura Slade. <laughs> and that is me. And it's number 11 because I'm number 11 on the call sheet. So. <laughs> Very, <laughs> Very cute. We're going to be tweeting at you. We're going to tweet you this episode, and you're going to retweet it and tell everybody that you have been one of our favorite characters on the show, and we want to definitely have you back. So we're going to be uh, in, we'll be in communication via Twitter. Well, I love well. you guys are. I mean, one of the successes of the show is that you guys are so close on You know what I mean? So... I've never heard uh, any of the, of the cast members say anything bad about anyone else. That's good. They dare not. They dare not. <laughs> That's right. Well, that wraps up this season of Shameless. Season Yay. two. 
Yeah. We'll see you. We'll see you for season three. Yeah. Thank wow. God. That's crazy. Or will We're, you? We will. Will. I'm just <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> in order you are kind of you and Frank are like the antagonists on the show so we need you guys <laughs> that's right um, well, where can they find you Dorinda at let's go down the line real quick at Lula Cherry Films uh, that's my Twitter handle okay. and my Twitter is spicy underscore Mari spicy underscore M-A-R-I and mine is T-E-E D-E T-E-E T-D-T TDT. I laugh every time you say that. And uh, <laughs> you can find me on other shows here at AfterBuzz TV and certainly for season three on Shameless. Right. Mark those words, Laura. Mark those right. words. Take us out of here, Ronnie. From Bing.com, Kevin Undergaro, <laughs> Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, see you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.